Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, the wheels in the House of Representatives have begun to turn. First order of business uh, was uh, repealing some of the funding that the IRS. Uh, for the IRS that was included in the President's Inflation Reduction Act. And while it's unlikely that Democrats in the Senate will uh, get on board, it does raise some important questions in terms of, is there a better way to do that? And uh, I loved some of the comments from the floor from Utah Representative Blank Moore, who, of course, represents Utah's first congressional district, where there are some of those IRS agents. And I think it was a, a great reframing of what kind of discussion we should be having. And Representative Moore joins us on the line. And Representative, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. And and actually, thank you for noticing, uh, as you call it, a reframing. We need to be putting the resources to support the IRS employees and these agencies that that are overworked. They don't don't have enough um, technological resources, uh, customer service capabilities that, like, the private sector does, and we need to be able to support them in that, and and that's what we that's what we wanted to do with this bill was repurpose some of that. Yeah, I think it's so important. We we often hear lots of shouts and yells and screams about cutting big government, but I think the the statements that you made on the floor of the house today were not about just cutting big government; it's about fixing broken government. Uh, and as you said, you have uh, a number of IRS agents that work and live in your district. Uh, give us some sense in terms of how do we fix that broken government. Uh, with a lot of these folks who are trying to do their job and, and deliver for the American people? Uh, we, ought, we, we need to first not disparage these individuals. And, you know, you saw some of that because, you know, things get, you know, when you hear a lot of rhetoric with, with legislation that comes out, and this was going to be a bill that all Republicans were going to vote no and all Repu- Democrats were going to vote yes, the Inflation Reduction Act, the original one, right? So there was a lot of comments. These individuals work incredibly hard. This is, a, this is a, a key part of making sure that our government has the revenue that we need to to, uh, to, to operate functionally. And they are, and, and my and the other side of it is our my constituents. One of the main co- complaints we get is, "Hey, can you help us with the IRS? I, I can't reach them. I, I call in. I get put on. I get put on a hold." That's because the IRS doesn't have the right technology and the right customer service capabilities that that they should have been modernized with years ago. And so that's the, that's the intent of this bill is to, to, to not fund just, you know, paying for more enforcement and audits. That's not a way to raise revenue. Um, but, but, but support them in, in the, in the, you know, in the customer service way. And there's so many private sector type of, uh, 
you know, best practices that, that, that we can leverage and, and help out these agencies so they run more efficiently. Yeah, we, we did an interview with uh, some of the folks at the Washington Post who did uh, a real deep dive on uh, inside the IRS uh, late last year. And they talked about some of those outdated systems that were literally where people were having to take something, you know, off of a computer, print it, mark it, send it, uh, and just things that were just slowing down the, the process. So I think you're spot on in terms of how do we fix that component. You also wanted to make sure uh, in the discussion around all of this that we had some important protections there when it comes to some of those audits, especially as it relates to what I think is the heart and soul of the country and the backbone of our economy, and that's those small business owners. So if when the, when the Inflation Reduction Act passed, this was not a, hey, the wealthy aren't paying their fair share. That's the way it gets communicated sometimes, or a lot of times. <laughs> The, the real danger here is if you if you put this much funding and this many additional agents up to eighty seven million or eighty seven thousand like they're they're naturally going to you know essentially target everywhere that you know is in their jurisdiction and that falls into small business individual taxpayers and they don't need to be overly targeted they are doing their hardest and they're working their hardest to to, to to abide by the current regulations that exist in the tax code, um, using this as a way to just find more revenue is is not the right approach uh, when we don't have a revenue problem. We legitimately have a spending problem, and 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 that's the, the, the sense that we don't want these extra audits that would have come from this original piece of legislation to target some of those, those uh, small businesses and, and, and more individual taxpayers. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we also know as, as Congress gets fired up and rolling, uh, committee assignments are, are happening and rolling out. Uh, give us a sense. Uh, I know there's been some announcements today. Uh, give us a perspective of where you're going to be sitting, where your attention is going to be. Well, it's been a really awesome day. Uh, rough week last week, but today has been really exciting for my team. We worked uh, incredibly hard to get placed onto the, the Ways and Means Committee, and not everybody understands what that is. Boyd, you've been back here before. You know what the Ways and Means Committee is. It's the uh, it's the only one that was mentioned in the Constitution, and it it's a very very important committee on tax, trade, uh, healthcare, social security. I mean, it's the the debt drivers of our of our of our nation. This is where 
we can address them. And I am I just got a, a accepted onto that committee today, and we are so excited. Uh, it's, an, it's an important one, and we know it will be one that will be very active, especially in the new Congress as Republicans uh, take control of the House of Representatives. Uh, going into that role, uh, what what is your goal uh, on that committee? What's the first order of business for you? Well, it's really neat because we have – there's never been a Republican on the Ways and Means Committee. And from all from all that we've been able to find, there was one Democrat for like one term in the 60s. So Utah has not been represented on this very, very important committee with this mm. amount of jurisdiction. Um, our debt drivers, right, are, are an inefficient health care system, a Social Security system that's going to that's gonna go bankrupt in 2033, and Medicare Part A is going insolvent in 2028. We have to work together to find solutions to these vitally important programs, um, and so we're going to be jumping right into it. I also have a personal um, affinity towards towards working on adoption type of programs, foster care adoption in particular. Mm-hmm. And so this has there's a whole jurisdiction there, and we've already actually introduced bills in the in the last few months that are related to that. And again, it's debt and deficit. That is our major problem as a nation right now, and this is the this is the committee that we can deal with it. So. I'm excited to jump in. Uh, so important. And uh, we know one of those things that uh, you'll definitely be dealing with in that whole process. We know coming up in the summer, uh, we'll be bumping up against that lovely thing uh, called the debt ceiling. Uh, and and we're hoping that the discussions start today and tomorrow uh, on what we need to do so that we're not just raising that debt limit uh, without some real reform. What does that look like from your seat? Well, that's that was the that's the big win from winning the majority. There's two big things. One, we can stop the budget reconciliation process because that was the last two years of, of historic spending proposals. The second thing is we can now leverage these must-pass pieces of legislation to get good, potentially um, either budget reforms or spending cuts into the system by by, by having this, um, you know, we're split government. Senate's controlled by the Democrats. House is controlled by the Republicans, but that allows for us to be able to to get some of these changes in here. The some of the budget um, reforms, I've actually laid them out in my my re- debt and deficit recommendations that we published uh, last year, and we'll be we'll be leveraging that debt ceiling as much as we can to to, to advance some of these initiatives. Uh, very busy time, very busy week. Uh, Representative Blake Moore, representing, of course, Utah's first congressional district in the House of Representatives. Thanks for making time for us. Some uh, some great wins, some great work ahead. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. All right, again, that's Utah Representative Blake Moore uh, joining us uh, now, selected to be on the House Ways and Means Committee. That is no small thing. A lot of important conversations and debate are going to take place in that committee in the year ahead. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about excellence with Dave McCann. You don't want to miss that. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.